Hello and welcome to the Displaced African. The Displaced African is the African immigrant's personal development blog, which can be found at www.thedisplacedafrican.com. So, how exactly, just to be um, um, to specifics, how exactly did you get the writers? How did you approach them? Was it at live events? Was it through email? Or how did you get them? Well, well, you know, what I find out is that, you know, the way that Joshua had approached me was, that, was the same way that he had, um, you know, kind of approached a lot of, uh, a lot of bloggers in the beginning, you know, through the, through the comments. He sort of reached out to them and asked them if they wanted to become bloggers and writers. And initially, a lot of them were very um, kind of standoffish, you know, like, who is this new guy? I've never heard of him. Who is this? What is this new thing called African Path? I've never heard of it. Um, a lot of them didn't want to do anything. Um, so what we ended up having to do is basically go to the non-traditional um, writers and professionals, or not non-traditional, but the ones who did, who you didn't see a lot in blogs, you know, people who were like um, journalists or or uh, entrepreneurs, we had to go to those guys and see if they wanted to, to start writing. And, um, you know, I think we probably went to maybe hundreds of them, you know, or maybe, maybe or close to a thousand of them. And, um, out of those, probably about 15 or 20, um, wow. really got really involved in, in blogging. And once those 15 or 20 initial ones got involved, then some of the more mainstream bloggers said, okay, maybe we need to relook at this thing, take another <laughs> look at it and see what it is about it. It's got all these other people buzzing, you know, about this uh, this site. Social proof. And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so slowly it, it it began to uh, gain some traction uh, through the, the mainstream blog names, you know. So you sent like a you sent like a thousand emails, or was it thousand calls or emails? Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's it's very comforting to know that even a, a blog as big as African Path, you guys, wow, how many rejections are those? Those are like 985. Oh, <laughs> so there you go, 985 yeah, rejections. You are one of the biggest blogs yeah, today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, today I think we have probably about between 80 and maybe 120 um, blog, you know, people that do blogs and contribute uh, their stories to African Path. And... And so that's a comforting feeling, like you said. I mean, knowing that it, it started at that um, point, you know, and Joshua was just, uh, you know, kind of out there. You know, it kind of reminds me of, like, a, a guy who's trying to get involved in the recording industry. Yep. You know, like, trying to push his CDs and tapes on people, like, you know, please listen to this. This music is really good. Nobody's giving them a chance, you know. Yep. And then once they get their first break, then everybody wants to sort of uh, <laughs> jump on it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was sort of like that, you know. And the cool thing about it, it's, I, I think what is still re- relatively unique about African Path is that it's one of the places when you, where you can actually go, even today, and you can find stories about Africa that are, are not coming from, you know, a third part, you know, someone that's not in Africa or a part of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of what we built the, uh, the brand around. And, uh, you know, that's something that we're pretty happy about. And... Just, just to be clear, what what was the um, the overall vision that drove African Path when you and Joshua got together? Well, the overall vision 
was just that. You know, we wanted Africa to be able to tell her own stories. And then, you know, at some point we also uh, wanted to kind of incorporate another piece of that, which is not only did we want Africans to be able to tell their own stories, but we want them to be able to actually own their own stories, own the rights, own the masters. You know, we actually want them to be able to own it. And, you know, once they own it and aren't basically leasing it, you know, um, then things can kind of go to the next level. And so that whole concept of, okay, how do we get Africans to own their own stories, that sort of uh, made us metamorphosize into a company that was there to um, sort of support the small, small African publishers that were online. You know, that became our, our focus, is how do we basically, you know, approach these, these smaller um, uh, websites and bloggers and, you know, portals and do it in a way where, number one, they don't feel threatened by us, um, but number two, we're actually able to give them a you know genuine assistance in promoting their their brand, and you know at some point we want to be able to help them to make money off of their brand, you know, and so that whole thought process led us to you know investigating how online advertising works and how you know blogs make money out of it or how they can make money and how portals can and you know I mean even though we were doing a lot of traffic. You know, um, ten, you know, like two, three, four thousand uh, visitors per day. Um, it, we found that it was still really tough to make money out of it. You know? um, so the, everyone, the initial writers you know, they didn't get they didn't get paid at first. No, no, they didn't get paid. Okay. Uh, in fact, I mean, yeah. In fact, uh, even today, we're we're just now getting to a point where we're able to look at some ways that that can happen. And that's like all you know, just about two years later. Um, so basically, what that tells you is that it's tough to make money uh, as an online, as a, public, a small publisher. You know, yeah, um, it's very, very tough, very tough. And part of the reason that it's tough, especially when the publisher is, is uh, coming from Africa, is that a lot of the money and the initial money on the internet is not, you know, it wasn't coming from Africa. You know, it was, it was, uh, it was made to to to, to reach the American audiences. So, like, a lot of the online um, ad agencies, you know, if you're an African publisher, you know, they would give you less than what they would give a, a publisher from America or from, from Europe, you know. Yeah. And so that was one of the things that made it hard. But in addition to that, I mean, just the whole model itself was sort of um, sort of tough. I mean, because in order to really make money, we found out that you really need to have, you know, two to three million um, page views uh, per month, a minimum, you know, before anyone takes you seriously enough to make a serious commitment to, uh, you know, investing with your brand and advertising their business through you. What do you mean and by serious commitment in terms of numbers? What do you mean by serious commitment? Well, I, I, in terms of serious commitment, I mean, like, someone deciding to, to say, okay, let's do this, let's do a uh, an annual advertising contract with you. And let's spend, you know, a thousand dollars or more with you per month. Okay. Um, it's very tough. Yeah, it's very tough if you don't have that that uh, traffic. You know, one or two million uh, page views per month. Because the way that the ad model kind of works, it's changing right now. It's, it's going through a lot of changes because of the uh, the new mediums and the fact that now there are ways for advertisers to reach people 24 hours a day. And, you know, to get very intimate with with the people that they're uh, reaching. But even with that, a lot of advertisers, a lot of mainstream old, you know, low-tech advertisers still think TV is the big thing, you know, 
uh, they're still and, – and so they, when they come to online advertising, they bring that mindset with them that, you know, okay, it's about how many people you can get my brand in front of. Yeah. And so when you bring that mentality onto online advertising, you know, I mean, they're going after the, the very big sites, the sites like, you know, the Time, the, uh, the Time Magazine sites, the CNN uh, sites. Those are the ones that the big guys want to advertise with because they're using that same mindset that more is better, yeah. you know. So um, that is what made us, you know, say that, okay, we need to really do something about uh, changing this. And so that's kind of how the idea of uh, starting an online vertical advertising network started. And that is, of course, Pamoja Media. Yeah, that's Pamoja Media. Okay. So um, what what exactly is a vertical advertising site? I don't understand the technical specifics. Okay. Well, basically, what what a vertical advertising uh, network is, is... You know, in layman's terms, I guess you could say it's, it's a uh, it's a small, a tiny boutique advertising agency, a very, very tiny one. Or, uh, you know, when I say tiny, I mean it, it handles just one one particular aspect of it, which is uh, better advertisement. Um, and the reason that they call it, call it vertical is because, you know, instead of instead of an advertiser, you know, going to to an agency and being able to to uh, you know, find un- lots of unrelated mediums and unrelated themes to advertise about. With a vertical ad network, it's typically one theme. You know, it's oriented around one theme. Uh, where with us, it's that theme is uh, reaching Africans. Um, you know, there's vertical ad-, ad networks that reach reach people who are interested in dogs. I mean, cars. I mean, you know, there's all types of them out there. Okay. And yeah, really, what they are is they're a way for. Uh, advertisers to reach niche markets and to reach them in a very intimate uh, close setting you know so so the big ad agencies they go they don't go for the vertical they go for the just huge saturation just big numbers they don't they don't have vertical ad networks within them that's that's right that's right a lot of them uh, they, they're going for the big numbers that's right oh okay however you know the paradigm is shifting and uh, now what's beginning to happen is you are beginning to see more, um, you know, more movement towards the vertical ad industry. It's, it's like a theory that's called the long tail uh, theory, you know. Yep. Um, advertisers are looking for that long tail, and right now it's it's, it's in, um, you know, vertical advertising, vertical advertising networks. All right. Uh, so you'll look at, you know, companies like Martha Stewart, um, Forbes, you know, lots of, uh, even, even some of the, uh, some of the other uh, larger name uh, companies are beginning to uh, get involved in that. And what some of them are beginning to do is they're beginning to go, you know, bypass their traditional ad agents um, because they're like, you know, the cool thing about vertical ad networks and, uh, you know, the cool thing about this this new methodology of, of advertising is you can very easily track it and target it and see, you know, some very specific, uh, very even proprietary type information. Um, you know, with with using uh, the digital advertising, and for- you can see lots of lots of cool stuff. I mean, before that, it was sort of like they had to take it, take the uh, ad agency's word for it that you know this radio advertising is really reaching the amount of people they said it is, or you know the TV is doing that. But with the uh, the internet advertising, they can see it very 
very clearly in numbers, you know, because everything on the internet is trackable. Yeah. And for people who don't know, just give a brief explanation of what the long tail theory of the internet is. Well, the, the long tail theory on the, uh, the internet is, um, you know, basically that theory of, of reaching deep into, you know, a specific uh, concept or a specific uh, market and um, being able to, to penetrate it. The long tail is blogs, um, you know, websites, uh, uh, content providers. I mean, all, all of those um, those new uh, mediums that are available online uh, are part of the long tail. And, you know, each of them has an audience that is very, very passionate about what it is they talk about. Like, the, you know, the bloggers have a uh, an audience that, that really passionately follows what, what they say, you know. Yep. And so for a marketer, this is something different because, like I said, in the traditional um, marketing arena, you have, you know, you're trying, you're doing a shotgun approach where you're, you're basically throwing your message out and um, you're hoping that it, it hits someone. Now, with this long tail idea and getting into specific, uh, you know, areas that people are passionate about, the assumption is that because these guys are passionate about that topic, they will actually pay more attention to products and services that relate to that. Okay. And so now let's actually, before we get to uh, Pamoja Media, how, how did you guys get the advertisers for African Path? I'm cu- I'd be curious to know. Well, the way we got them is, is through going to, well, going to the, the conferences that took place, the investment conferences on Africa, um, you know, word of mouth, and it's just going, just old-fashioned be- beating the paper. You know, I mean, it, it was very tough to get a lot of them. Um, a lot of them are like, you know, if we advertise with you on your website and we're in Minnesota or we're in Texas, how do I know that people in Texas or Minnesota are going to be the ones getting my message? How do I know that the people getting my message won't be in Egypt or, you know, what have you? Yeah. So that was one of the tough uh, hurdles that we had to get up and get across. And um, we ultimately ended up finding a, a way of uh, doing that, you know, whereby you can actually, talk, you know, geo-target the advertisements, the banners, so that they appear in front of the, 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 the geographic region that you want them to appear in front of. And that has, a, you know, that that's also related to Pamoja Media and to vertical ad networks. You know, that's one of the cool things about um, about us and about, you know, that whole industry is that Geo-targeting is, is a big part of it. You know, geographically, geographically being able to point out for an advertiser where they're going to show up, that's really something that uh, really appeals to them. And, and what software is that that allows you to do that? Or is it something that you guys made up? Well, um, basically, there's a lot of uh, there's uh, open ads. Oh, yes. Open ads um, does that. Yeah, so yes, they do that. So there's a lot of different uh, technologies to do it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's becoming quite mainstream now, I guess you could say. Okay. So let, let's talk about um, Pomoja Media. Now, from what mm-hmm. I've heard um, about um, advertising, online advertising networks, it's very easy to get the publishers, but the hard thing is always getting the advertisers who are going to come and pay and put content and put their ads into this publisher's content. So 
was it was was that was that um your experience or was that was it also hard to get publishers or how did it work for you guys? Well, I mean, first of all, what I want to say is we're still sort of actively, you know, in this process. We're we're still sort of at the beginning of it. So, um, I mean, what we've noticed so far, you know, in the in the months that we've been up, is that it's actually, you know, a lot more counterintuitive than that. When you, at least when you're doing, I mean, we've never dealt with publishers outside of Africa. Um, we've only dealt with the ones in the African uh, continent. Uh, now, with the, the large publishers in the African continent, I mean, they typically are, are tougher to get than advertisers. They're much harder to get than, than getting an advertiser. Getting the publishers there is like uh, throwing teeth, you know. I mean, it's, you, know, you remember how I told you, like, when I went to Ghana? Yep. Um, you know, my father and I got kicked out of a place uh, because someone else, you know, said that that was his place? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sounded like that. I mean, who, the, who, who in the world are you guys? You know, who, what are you contacting me for? How did you get my information, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it, it was sort of like that at the very beginning. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> You'd think, like, with, with your African path credibility, you know, the door would be open. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it sort of, like, started all over again. And, um you know, fortunately, we, we figured out, you know, we better start kind of using that connection a little bit more, and we did. And uh, once we started using that uh, connection and that, you know, uh, sort of affiliation with African Pass, I, I think things sort of got a little bit easier for us when it came to dealing with the, uh, the publishers. But, I mean, the main thing with, with publishers in Africa is that they are a lot stronger than publishers here in America. I mean, they control their market to a much greater extent and a much greater degree because there the, the publishers are, are, are still more so mainstream, uh, you know, low-tech publishers, you know, radio mediums, newspapers, you know, physical print newspapers, TV. Those are still the strong guys there. And the big publishers on the Internet are those guys. I mean, they have the big sites that get the big traffic. You know, those are newspapers that are yeah. and TV stations and radio stations. So when you approach them, they're, they're coming at you with that sort of mindset. You know, they're going to be the ones that set the terms, the price, and you're going to take the price. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, and that's it, 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 it's been a, a, a challenge. But, I mean, we've had some successes. We've got, um, you know, Kenya's uh, Nation, uh, Nation Media. They're one of our publishers. Huge. Um, they're one of our largest. They're huge publishers, too. They're very large. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got Mailing Guardian in South Africa. They're just as large as uh, the nation. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, uh, in Southern Africa, they are, you know, very dominant. We've got Kickoff, you know, the magazine, the soccer magazine, or football. From, uh, from which country? International football. Uh, Kickoff is a South African company. Oh. And um, we have their, their uh, websites for South Africa, Nigeria, Ghana, and East Africa. Wow. And so that's a huge traffic uh, website. We've got, um, of course, we've got African Bass. <laughs> <laughs> By default. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no one else was really fighting for it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got <laughs> we've got um, Botswana's largest publication, Maggie. Okay. MMEGI. Uh, we've got um, Modern Ghana, which is a very large publication in Ghana. Africator uh, has come on with us. Um, so we've got a, some some pretty decent successes in the publisher realm, and. Immediately, when, when we have that type of uh, name recognition with us, you know, being associated with those guys, I mean, it, it's not that, I mean, it's tough 
basically the tough part about getting the advertisers is basically helping them understand why they should um, look at this form of advertising as opposed to, you know, continuing to do it on print or, you know, why they should allocate more of their budget towards the online portion of it as opposed to the, you know, the old uh, media. And that's the tough part of getting the advertisers. But um, typically, though, if these are when they're advertisers that are familiar with those markets, yep. excuse me. It's so sorry, Mungi. Yep. There are some uh, allergies coming on. But um, when they're advertisers that are very familiar with the uh, the markets that we're in and the uh, the newspapers and, and websites, it's, I mean, it's, it's typically not as hard as it is getting the publishers. So um, just. Um for anyone who, you know, in future ever wants to get into your business, do you have like any stories of publishers that were ex- exceptionally hard to get and lessons that you learned from getting them? Well, I mean, the, the toughest thing about the publishers in Africa is that they want you to pay them up front. That's the toughest thing about it. And it's because that's how they do. You know, that's their, that's what they do. I mean, you know, they, they, most of the larger ones, if you're going after the larger ones, I mean, they're going to expect uh, you to basically follow what you know the direction that they tell you, and um, so the toughest thing is being able to convince them that yes, that could happen. That's a possibility that, that we might do that. But if they look at it in this other way, you know, and sort of start integrating uh, this new uh, approach or this new paradigm in online uh, media and online advertising, they'll end up doing better in the long run. You know, by, you know, maybe not getting paid up front or, you know, um, by doing things that allow them to get, uh, you know, more advertisers on their site. You know, a lot of advertisers uh, here in the States that are doing things in Africa, a lot of them are used to dealing with that with publishers here who don't, in America, who don't uh, require upfront payments for advertising. So um, sometimes that's a, that's a tough hurdle, you know. So how, how did you overcome that hurdle with a publisher? I mean, with persistence, <laughs> it basically just came about from, uh, you know, doing, you know, building a relationship and being persistent and, and building a relationship uh, that would basically, you know, make them feel comfortable with, with testing this idea out. And, um, you know, once they get, once they got comfortable with that, those, those uh, initial ones decided that, you know, maybe we should try it out. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? So... I mean, we've been pretty fortunate. Uh, we're really happy about that. Uh, you know, we feel uh, like we were, again, at the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, basically at this point, our, our aim is just to expand from, you know, where we are now. Okay. And, and uh, what about on the, on the advertiser side? So what, what, is, your success, what is your success at, at the moment on the advertiser side? Well, um, on the advertising side, we, um, we have uh, – Pingo, who is a uh, a very large uh, player in the uh, telecommunications market, and they do a lot in Africa. You know, um, they do the prepaid calling, and uh, initially, uh, what was happening is um, we were sort of uh, you know fighting with them that it was sort of you know what they wanted to do is basically um, you know do uh, do the banner advertisements on a CPM or CPC model. Yeah. And um, oh, actually, in some of the places... Explain what CPM and CPC oh, are quickly. Oh, 
Okay, CPM is basically uh, cost per mill, uh, which means uh, the cost uh, per 1,000 impressions, uh, banner impression, impressions on a website. CPC is cost per click, okay. which is basically, you know, um, it doesn't matter how many times the ad appears on, on a site. What matters is how many times it gets clicked. Yep. And um, so with them, what they wanted to do was something that, um, you know, didn't necessarily seem to work the best with our publishers, which was um, CPC. So something that we were able to do with them is uh, arrange a sponsorship deal with uh, one of our publishers. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, it's something that just happened. It's very fresh, so um, I'm not able to tell you, you know, how it's done for them yet, but, you know, we feel pretty confident that it's going to do some good things for them. And, um, you know, we feel confident that it's something that uh, our publisher likes and, and um, is going to, you know, continue, to, hopefully they'll continue to do that sort of thing with us. You've been online now uh-huh. for about two, two, two and a half years, correct? Two, almost three years now. Uh-huh. So, yep, yep. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of, you know, um, African online publishers and African online ventures come and go. So what do you think has really set apart those people who've succeeded on the African Internet when compared to those who haven't? Yeah, that's a really tough question. That's a good question. That's, wow, that's a really good question. Um, I would say that what uh, differentiates the, the ones that have made it and the ones that don't is, number one, uh, there's got to when you go into the online space uh, for Africa, there's got to be the expectation that you know you might not make money for a long time. I mean, it might take you a year or two years before you can really begin to see uh, the rewards of you know the fruits of your labor. And um, so, number one, that mindset has to be there. I mean, because if you go in thinking that you know you're immediately going to you know make money, you know, hand over fist, you might be disappointed because um, you know you in order to do that. Without having a lot of capital, you really have to, um, you know, be able to, to build a, a strong brand presence and, you know, have the patience to, um, you know, sort of see that brand through and then also have the patience to, you know, experiment with, you know, the various business models that are out there and, you know, be able to make adjustments as need be. So that, that's probably one of the main things that I would say uh, that sort of differentiates the ones who are still there from the ones that are or the ones that are successful, you know, from the ones that are, you know, moderately successful. Um, the other thing, though, would just be um, what unique thing or concept are they bring to the table that's not already there, you know? Um, what's their, uh, their, their unique proposition, so to speak? Um, that has to be there. I mean, that part of business seems like it. I, I don't think it really changes that much, um, you know, regardless of whether you're talking about an online model or an offline model, you know. Um, you've got to have that unique uh, brand proposition, that thing about you that that is uh, different, that's unique, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, I think that's something that's really important. I mean, kind of like you, I mean, when you – your brand has been very successful, you know, from what I've seen. I've, I've been watching you for a while, and you know, you you have uh, been able to jump on that 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 model that talks to you know African immigrants, and I think that's that's amazing. I think it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. And I, I think that that's going to take you a long way, you know. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to hear from someone who's ahead. It's always good to hear stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, the funny thing about it is for us, you know, we still kind of feel like we're still young, you know, too. So, 
I mean, the, the funny thing about it is, is uh, I guess the whole industry or this whole, you know, online arena is something that's fairly new, you know. Yep. Um, for you know, for 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 the world, and also you know, even more so for Africa, it's, it's relatively new. So, you know, I'm just happy that we got a chance to get in where we got in, and, and um, you know, I hope that we are able to touch more lives and and do more great things, you know. Okay. And um, the um, I, I, I genuinely believe that, you know, that all, all the great innovation, all the great ideas tend to come from outside of what is normally going on. And obviously, you know, you yeah. being Benin Mwangi Brown, you've had a very, you've had quite a different background to the audience that you're speaking to, quite different experiences and quite a different way of looking at things. Yeah. So what, what strengths do you think you've brought to African Path that have helped make it so successful that other people might not have? Well, I mean, coming from, you know, the perspective of being being an American, I mean, the thing about me probably is that I tend to, uh, I think at least, that I tend to look at Africa in a more objective manner, you know, than, than someone who, you know, might be from, you know, uh, a particular region of Africa or, you know, a particular ethnic group. I mean, typically what tends to happen is that, you know, a person from Africa kind of looks at looks at the world and looks at Africa through the, the lens of their ethnic affiliation first, and then they sort of, you know, add that national identity onto it, and then the African identity kind of comes last. I mean, typically that that's been my experience. And so, like with me, it, it's been easy for me to um, kind of look at it in the opposite uh, manner, you know, which is, um, you know, which is to say that, you know, um, even and Joshua has been the same way, you know. I mean, um, he hasn't, you know, put his, um, you know, his Kenyan affiliation first uh, in African path, which I think is helpful because people, you know, you don't want to offend people. You know, if the, if the brand is about Africa, you know, the continent, you know, you don't want to only talk about Kenya or South Africa or Nigeria. You know, you want to try to have some balance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I guess um, going, ba- going back to um, what you saw in Ghana, um, because um, what 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 I've, uh, what I've tended to notice um, tends to happen is when when uh, people immigrate over from you know from their native country to the, to the new country they 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 very rarely stop to ask the question what what can I take from my home country that I can bring here to make me more effective or to give me a unique proposition or, or anything of that nature so I guess my question would be what did you see since you have a much more objective point of view. Um, when you went to Ghana, and actually you can speak for Ghana individually or Kenya individually, that was so strong there that people, once they come to the States, it's like they lose and they don't really leverage. Mm-hmm. That. Hmm. That's a tough question. Um, really, Going for really the tough. easy ones today. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, uh, basically what, what I would uh, say is like, um, okay, come Coming from Ghana, it's sort of um, hard. I mean, because that, that's been, um, you know, a while ago. I mean, back then I thought that what happened is I had some, some knowledge coming from here that I could, you know, maybe take there and to, to make things work uh, better. But nowadays it kind of works the other way around. I think that um, a lot of the things that I see in, in um, you know, the African immigrant communities here are things that, that could, you know, people here in America that have never been outside of the country could learn. From uh, you know, from Africans. Um, I mean, so that's sort of a uh, probably a, I guess, a unique viewpoint that I have. 
I mean, what I've noticed about, you know, the African immigrant communities is that they really, really know how to uh, to support each other's uh, initiatives and um, businesses, you know. Um, it's not lip service. It's just, you know, it's just um, everyday life, you know. It's just a lifestyle. And um, they also know how to support each other and, and help each other's uh, in the social arena in a way that I think we Americans could probably learn from, you know. And, um, I mean, I think I've definitely taken that. And it's, it's sort of um, kind of reshaped how I look at, you know, what America can be, you know. Um, I think the way that, um, the, you know, our mindset works in America is um, everything is about, you know, what I can get out of this thing, you know. If it's not going to help me, <laughs> then why should I do it? That's typically the kind of mindset that you see here. Yeah. And, um, I mean, what you end up realizing, you know, from, from you know, working in, in the international arena or just being around it is that um, lots of times, I mean, it can be very uh, emotionally and, you know, uh, spiritually fulfilling to uh, do things that don't uh, necessarily um, help you first. And at the same time, if you do it long enough and you're passionate about it, I think the spiritual laws of success say that you, you know, you would be more successful than, you know, what you would have been if you were just only doing it just for the monetary reason. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I think we have now, let me have a look at the recording. I think we have now passed the hour. Yep, we have passed the hour. Thank, thank you very much. This has been a very, it's been, it's been like story time for me. I've been in a trance the whole way through. So, Thank you so much. It's been an extremely interesting, insightful interview on my part. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you, too. I, I really appreciate you bringing me on the show. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm really just excited and uh, just honored to, to be here on the show with you. You know, I, I think you're doing a great thing. And, um, you know, I, I certainly uh, want to continue to, to do uh, this and to do, you know, even more, you know. So thanks for having me on the show. No problem. Well, have a great, great day. And that was my interview with the legendary Benin Mwangi Brown. Thanks to Benin, thanks to Njeri. And Benin's website can be found at www.africanpath.com and his new venture which is just getting started up is pamojamedia.com and to go to Pamoja Media, it's www.pamojamedia.com and to finish off with, I'll finish with a very common Kenyan expression to Kopamoja. Thank you. This has been the Displaced African Podcast. The Displaced African is the African Immigrant's personal development blog. You can find it at www.thedisplacedafrican.com.